are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Mariners. Before we get into our show, let's talk Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan and please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Thursday, September 16th, 2021. This is the Locked On Mariners podcast, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, uh, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. You can find me at Dane Gonzalez on Twitter. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at CPAT11. That's cpat one one, and if you're a fan of the Seahawks, you can find us writing about the team on SeahawkMaven at si.com, and be sure to also check out our Patreon, where we're talking about the Mariners even more, and we also get into some non-baseball talk every now and then, twice a week. So if you want to hear that, visit Patreon.com/forward/slash/ControlTheZone for more information. On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, we're gonna tell you five Seattle Mariners who will not be back in 2022 and we're also going to look at the oakland a's as a potential trade partner for the mariners this winter if you like the show uh consider subscribing or or giving it a follow wherever you're listening to this uh that would be great we would greatly appreciate that if you would um so colby yesterday you told me that you wanted to uh talk about five mariners you have and there's probably going to be well more than five mariners who are on this team that are not going to be on next year's team but five, five Mariners that you think for sure are not going to be back in 2022. So let's begin with uh, number five. Yeah, uh, I didn't exactly order these in any uh, particular way, sure. but uh, for the sake of convenience, sure. Let's start with uh, number five here. Uh, we'll go with uh, Jake Fraley. Uh, mm-hmm. He has... Not not proven to the Mariners or anybody for that matter that he can stay healthy throughout an entire year. He's missed a few seasons here with or large portions of seasons with injuries the last three years. He is not proven that he can hit left-handed pitching. And really, aside from a 20-game stretch there, he's not proven that he's a big leaguer, uh, particularly at the plate. Uh, he's been awful since he came back from the COVID IL. Uh, he doesn't provide much power to speak of. Uh, he's just basically a very limited player who might be a fourth outfielder, but we can't even call him that yet because he hasn't consistently hit right-handed pitching long enough to, to consider him that. So uh, Mm -hmm. he's fringy in center field at best. Uh, We saw him have a circuitous route uh, on a couple fly balls yesterday. Um, And I, I do think that at the end of the day, you know, COVID concerns are going to play a role uh, in determining this roster. Um, Now, to be fair, we don't know anything about Fraley's. uh, Well, we do actually vaccination status and and stuff like that. But I I don't think that's particularly the issue. I just think that heading into next year, it's going to be so much about dependability and availability to this Mariner team. You can't really risk having Jake Fraley around. Now, is he going to have much trade value? No. So is it possible that he's still around but not on the opening day roster? 
sure it's possible, but I, if I was a betting guy, I would say that there's a really good chance that Fraley is playing for someone else in April of 2022. Well, and this is a guy that we thought was probably going to be gone this off season, this past off season. It seemed as if the organization had pretty much given up on him. I think we even had someone tell us that, right? Yep. Uh, it just, it, it seemed as if this was going to be a split and we had talked about it, uh, quite a few different deals that would have, Fraley heading elsewhere when we were doing our off-season plan at, at truthofthetriton.com. Um, you know, just a lot of a, a lot of talk about, you know, Fraley not really even getting a chance in Seattle. And now you have, and, you know, he was getting on base a lot. He was walking a lot. But other than that, he wasn't really giving you much value, and especially against lefties, as you mentioned. And obviously, the you know, he's had some pretty, you know, great defensive highlights. I'm sure a lot of people immediately think about the play that he made in Detroit and everything. And that's great. But also, you look at what he did yesterday, which is probably the worst moment of the entire year. Like the most embarrassing play the Mariners have had all year. It's got to be at least one of them. It's uh, it's not great. The screenshot of it pretty much everywhere on, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, it's not fun. Uh, but overall, uh, just, you know, it, there's no dependability there with the health, as you mentioned. Um, you know, it, it seems as if uh, some of the non-vaccinated players have rubbed uh, some of the other players on the roster the wrong way, possibly even the organization. So it, it's possible that the organization might wash their hands. Some of those guys as well. Who knows? It's probably not just going to be because of that, obviously. Uh, Fraley is not good right now there's nothing that you that he's done that makes you defend that allows you to definitively say that he's a good major leaguer right now that he's uh, even an average major leaguer right now um especially after he's come back from the COVID il he has been terrible so you need to do better than jake fraley if he's still on your 40 man, that's fine, but he absolutely should have no shot of being on your 26 man. And I'll ultimately, I think he's going to find his way out of town. Yep. Uh, would have to agree. So uh, I guess next up on the list, we'll go with uh, Tom Murphy. Um, mm-hmm. Can never have too much catching depth. And uh, certainly that's been proven this year, right? I mean, it's, it's, the Mariners came in with three pretty good catchers that you felt good about. And, and all three to some extent have really struggled um, either offensively or defensively. So uh, you don't want to just, you know, give away or give up on catchers, but Tom Murphy has been a disappointment defensively. Uh, we saw again last night, he, he had some struggles, uh, big wild pitch and things like that. And he's not throwing guys out. And the bat is not enough to carry him, even though he's been pretty good against lefties. It's just not really good enough. And we were talking about a team that needs to raise its floor and having a guy who, you know, is average defender with a below average arm who might hit lefties sometimes. That's not a that's not a high floor guy. Uh, Murphy, you know, pitchers like throwing to him. But again, there are some off the field things that are in play here but he's just not a guy that you want in your lineup. And you're only going to carry two catchers next year. Uh, that's true. Two true catchers. One of them is going to be Luis Torrens, I think. Could the other one be Tom Murphy? Maybe, but I highly doubt it. I think Seattle wants more 
uh, more baseline there. They want a guy who they can play a hundred times a year and feel really good that he is going to give them something offensively. And there's a few guys out there that fit that mold. Uh, we've talked about a few of them. I just don't think Tom Murphy does. So I think Murphy is probably uh, getting non-tendered or traded uh, this winter. Yeah, he's looked kind of like Rockies Tom Murphy this year, which is, you know, a third or fourth catcher on your 40-man roster or even in just, you know, in your organization, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the power is nice at times, but it hasn't followed through the way that it did in 2019. And uh, you're not getting any real consistent offensive production out of him. And the defense has declined as well. So I think it's time to move on. And, uh, you know, you, you it's another situation where you just you need to do better than that player at that at that position. You need to do better in general at that position, no matter who is making up the backup catcher, whether that's Terenz, whether that's Raleigh, et cetera. So, um, yeah, we're going to continue this conversation and tell you who's next on our list in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, so continuing our discussion now about five Mariners who are not going to be on the 2022 roster, whether that's 26 men or even 40 men. We've already talked about Jake Fraley. We've already talked about Tom Murphy. Who's next on our list here, Colby? Uh, Dylan Moore. Uh, You know, pretty big bummer here. He really flashed hard in, in 2020, and there were some thoughts that, hey, could this guy be your Whit Merrifield? Could this guy be your... Josh Donaldson, that kind of older player who just kind of pops at the big leagues. And uh, we've certainly seen some of the things that Dylan Moore can do well. He is a good defender who can play multiple positions. He is a good base runner and good base stealer. And he certainly has some, you know, pretty good pop. Uh, So this is a a valuable player if he could put the ball in play with more consistency. I mean, you you just you can't have your your utility guy, which is essentially what Dylan Moore would be. Um, in this case, you can't have that guy be somebody who's going to hit a buck 80 and strike out 30% of the time. You Mm -hmm. can't do it and and not give him and give him as much playing time as the Mariners want to give their utility player. So Mm -hmm. Dylan Moore, while he does some nice things, he's going to be ARB eligible for the first time. You're probably going to have to pay him a couple million bucks. Can you do better for less money? I mean, Maybe, maybe not, but also why not just go spend a little bit more money and get yourself a safe and true upgrade at that position. So uh, Dylan Moore, I, I like the skill set here. I wish he could put the ball in play with any kind of regularity uh, because I, I do think that there's a, a nice utility player here. But, you know, you're talking about having to pay him two million bucks and, and 
you know, you can't count on him to hit ever. So you're basically having a, a defensive replacement and, and, you know, infielder, defensive infielder, more likely outfielder uh, next year uh, on your bench. And it just, it's not a good use of a bench spot. So I, I think Dylan Moore probably on his way out. Uh, I think he's a strong non-tender candidate. Mm-hmm. I think Dylan Moore is a good 26th man to have, but he has basically been an everyday player for you this year. And that's, uh, that, that should not be the case with Dylan Moore. He just, he offers you very little offensively had some nice moments this year, especially with the bat. Obviously a lot of people are going to think about the grand slam against the Astros and everything, but uh, that just has completely fallen off of a cliff from where he was in 2020. All the power that we saw and all that stuff just hasn't been as prominent this year. And um, you know, while he's, you know, a good defender and all those things, it's just uh, really, you, you need to upgrade, um, your uh, your offensive production there from you know a guy that's going to play as much as Dylan Moore is in that utility role because it's I I always envision this utility role to be of you know made up of someone that is playing you know five times a week four or five times a week and so you need to have someone better than Dylan Moore to do that even if he's a really good defender it just you, you need to get better production uh, from the plate so. Uh, who's next? Uh, yeah, just real quick as we're recording, it's official. The The All-Star Game is coming to Seattle in 2023. So, yes, shocking, I know. Um, who would have thought that would have been the announcement today? Um, <laughs> anyway, anyways, uh, so uh, coming in at number two on the list is uh, Drew Steckenrider. Um, mm. He's been very good for the Mariners. There's really no doubt about it. Uh, and here's the beauty of Steckenrider is that you're going to be able to trade him. Uh, this isn't one of those Dylan Moore situations where it's like, well, I probably have to cut him. Uh, he's not going to have much trade value. You you can trade Steckenrider. You're you're not going to have any issue, um, you know, finding somebody who's going to be interested in in, in Steckenrider. So uh, this bullpen is stacked already, or I should say, it's already pretty good. Um, you're going to add Ken Giles and Andres Munoz to it, and hopefully another arm from the outside. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I like Colin McHugh. Um, you like Andrew Chafin, somebody like that. Um, and so somebody's going to be the odd man out here. And so it's nice to find the guy who has a good blend of trade value who you think you might be able to replace. And, and I think that guy is Drew Steckenrider. Um, again, he's been great this year. He, he actually has a two, uh, 2.1 B war for a reliever. That's, that's excellent. Um, and you have him until the end of the 2023 season. So he's our eligible uh, ARP two next or this winter. So he's probably going to make $3 million, give or take maybe four, uh, at most. And that's, that's pretty palatable for a reliever, but you're Seattle and you can trade Steckenrider maybe as part of a package to lessen prospect cost, or maybe as a standalone deal to go get that utility player that, that we want to upgrade or whatever it is. I think second is going to have pretty good trade value. Um, and I think it's a guy that is probably the best blend of being replaceable, but also being valuable on the trade market. Mm -hmm. Like Swanson, you know, probably more replaceable, but also less value. So you kind of have to play that, that fine line here, but I think second writer is the guy they ultimately decide to move Mm -hmm. on from. Um, I almost said Seawald, but I I think it's more likely that second writer is the one that leaves. So I went with second writer Mm -hmm. over Seawald. Yeah, I think for the potential trade value, I mean, could you possibly get your new Dylan Moore for 
Drew Steckenrider, your Dylan Moore replacement? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, I think you can absolutely get you a major leaguer that's going to help you somewhere else on your roster for Drew Steckenrider this winter uh, because he's he has some club control. How many years is it again? Two. Two. So there you go. You know, you get a team that's trading for him and it's probably going to be a contender, yep. at least a playoff contender that's trading for him. Uh, they're not going to get him for just this year, but or for 2022, but also for 2023. That's going to have a, quite a bit of value, especially because he's been one of the top, what, 50 relievers in baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah, he's a Definitely. that's 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 a really, really good value for for a team. And you're probably going to get something nice in return. So, yeah, you should absolutely explore that. You should also absolutely explore the trade market for Paul Seawald as well, just to see, right? Because you are getting Giles, you are getting Munoz, and you can go out and, you know, maybe do some other things this Mm -hmm. offseason. Maybe Matt Brash is a part of your bullpen. Probably should be a starter eventually, but hey, you know. Um, But there's there's a lot of, you know, different avenues you can take with it, and um, you should absolutely see about maximizing your value with with some of these relievers that you didn't think were going to pop. That popped. Mm-hmm. I already have the trade in place for Drew Steckenrider. If you're if you're curious, so uh, okay, all right. Should should we do that now? Like, let's yeah, do should, it. Just tell not? me. Yeah. All right. What do you yeah. think about Drew Steckenrider for a Ledmus Diaz? Did you clarify if he's a free agent or not? He is, according to Baseball Reference, he is okay. ARP three this winter. So he will be a one uh, year one year player. Uh, I like that. I like that idea a lot. 31 years old, plays some third, some second, can stand at shortstop. Pretty good numbers overall, two, uh, 269, 326, 415 uh, against lefties. That's that's better, and that's part of the reason I'm interested in him. 287, 340, 494. But he's also not completely mm-hmm. useless against righties. So, you know, the Astros get a – cheap reliever they get an extra year of club control but you know with the relievers there's always a chance they non-tender second mm-hmm. rider so really it's a one for one one year swap of a yep. utility guy for a really good bullpen arm and i think that's cool. something that uh houston might be interested in cool all right let's talk about our last one here before we uh we got to get on to our next segment yeah this one's not going to surprise anybody it's it's kyle seager He's not coming mm-hmm. back. It's it's done. It's over. You get him for 16 more games, and then there will be a – I'm going to assume it will be a publicly amicable divorce between these two, but it's it's one that's going to happen and one that both sides want, to be quite frank. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, appreciate Kyle Seeger for the next 16 games and then be prepared for him to, to see him, you know, in, an, in a different uniform next year. It's going to happen, guys. They are not going to pay Kyle Seeger $20 million. They're not. So, um, yeah, I understand that that's hard for some people to hear, but uh, it's it's just the reality of the situation. It's not happening. They're not bringing him back. Yeah, it's over, unfortunately, uh, for some, you know, but I, I think you can do better at third base or well, Abraham Toro is probably going to be your third baseman and then you will make a pretty significant upgrade at second base, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, you, you can do better. I mean, here's the thing with Kyle Seager this year, right? Yes, he's hitting all these home runs. All that, that's great. You know, he might have 100 RBIs. Blah, 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 blah. We've, we've heard all that. The guy is getting on base at a sub-300 clip, and he might fall below the Mendoza line. 
it's, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, it's just, I, while he's brought a lot of power this year, most power that he's brought in any year, he's hit the most home runs that he's hit um, in his career this season. But other than that, what is his value? He's a fine defender. He's not a gold glove caliber defender anymore. There, no one should have any delusions of that anymore. Um, that's not to say that he's bad. And this is not to say that Kyle Seager is a bad player. He's just a bad fit for the Seattle Mariners. Um, right now. And then that's just, that's kind of the reality of it. I know that not a lot of people are going to want to hear that, but for the way that this roster needs to be constructed next year in order to compete, uh, Kyle Seager does not need to be a part of that. Uh, you should absolutely do better. And anything that is short of doing better or bringing back Kyle Seager is honestly a failure by this front office. Mm -hmm. This winter means that something's gone very wrong. (laughs) Really? Uh, if we're if if we're being real, uh, so yeah, I, I just you gotta you gotta move on from all these guys. I think because each has their benefit, or at least it it's you got to do better than those players. You know, uh, whether it's Dylan Moore, whether it's Tom Murphy, whether it's Kyle Seager, that's really about just y- you can do better, and you absolutely should. So. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on to our next segment and and talk about the Oakland A's, who the Mariners are going to be playing on this upcoming road trip. And look at them as a potential trade partner this winter because I think they're pretty, pretty interesting in terms of uh, some players that they have that might align up with what the Mariners want next year. But real quick, want to talk about bet online. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus with promo code NFL100. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. So don't forget get to use promo code NFL 100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, Bet online, your online sports book experts. This episode of Locked On Mariners is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, whereas with Rock Auto, it's only $216. Plus, Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So let's keep the off-season talk going here. 
uh, before we wrap up today's show and, and look at the Oakland A's, who we talked about on yesterday's uh, episode on our Patreon show, Control the Zone, patreon.com forward slash control the zone, if you want to hear the full version of that. And I think you will after hearing what we talk about here. We go into great depth about that on there. Uh, obviously, you know, we have some time constraints on here, so we we're going to give you kind of a just a general um, layout of, of what we talked about on yesterday's show and also talk about maybe another player that we didn't get to on that show. Uh, but a, a patron of ours, uh, Jordan Levitt at Mormon Pizza Man on Twitter, hit us up with a trade idea where he asked uh, about trading for. Not only Sean Mania, left-handed pitcher who's having a great year for the A's this year, left-handed pitcher who's got one year left on his deal, arbitration three this winter, probably going to make too much money for the A's taste. And also trading for Sean Murphy, their young catcher who's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball and also offers some great offensive value. So I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you, you know, yesterday. No, you know, uh, we'll obviously have that condensed a little bit here, but, um, you know, what, what do you think it would take to get Murphy and Mania? And why do you think that that might actually be a real possibility that the A's would actually, you know, sell some players that would help them next year? Yes. Yeah, specifically for the, uh, the Murphy Mania package, um, it's going to start with Emerson Hancock and, and Cal Raleigh. Uh, I can't imagine you get those two for anything less than that. And it's probably going to cost a few more. So uh, ultimately it's a no for me um, in terms of Oakland in general. I think they are a pretty good trade uh, partner because Oakland, you know, as some people discovered yesterday, uh, despite other people telling them so and them not believing them, uh, Oakland kind of does this thing where they're good for like half a decade and then they rebuild for three or four years. And when you look at where Oakland is right now on that kind of, you know, circle, they're definitely in your, your four or five of really competing. And the telltale signs in the past have been Oakland going all in and being very aggressive on the trade market, uh, at the deadline. And you look at who they gave up to get Starling Marte, um, and understand that Oakland's not going to resign Starling Marte. They also, you know, they went out and they got Josh Harrison and they got Jan Gomes and they got Andrew Chafe and they really went for it this year and it, it didn't work. But that's mm. typically the sign that they're going to start their soft rebuild. Um, now, Oakland's a very good player development uh, team. Uh, they're very good at identifying values, but we also know they're not going to pay anybody. So when you look at guys like Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, who are two years away from free agency, Sean Manaya is a year away from free agency they're going to look to start to trade those guys. If not now, it'll be next summer or next winter. Um, but Oakland, typically they like to be a year too early than they, a year too late because they can't really afford to be a year too late. Well, they can, but their owner doesn't want them to. So yes, Oakland is kind of in the middle of a cycle right now that typically in the past, Oh, I don't know, 15 years or so has ended with them kind of selling off their valuable parts, i.e. Josh Donaldson. Um, and kind of start to go through this this three or four year stretch where they'll win sixty eight to seventy five games as they build up for the inevitable return to 
surprising 95 win teams for three or four straight years. Mm-hmm. So if they do trade off some of their big pieces, all right, and Matt Olson becomes available, if you're Jerry Depoto, and yes. by the way, Jerry Depoto has made some trades with the A's in the past here. So yep. they are very much willing to trade with Jerry Depoto. Are you interested? No matter what the cost, or is there a limit for you? I mean, there's a limit, but yeah, I'm interested. Like, I'm, I'm not giving them Julio. Right. Um, and for two years of Matt Olson, it might cost Julio. Like, that's not an unreasonable ask. Matt Olson is like an MVP candidate. So, as mm-hmm. a first baseman, that's that's really rare. So, yeah, it, it's you know, it's going to cost you, you know, probably one of your big pitchers. Probably, probably Kirby would be my guess who they would want. I'd think about it, but ultimately I'd probably just not do that. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely, you know, a price point where I'll, I'll jump on Matt Olson, even if it means, you know, Ty France has to DH four times a week and he has to play second base gulp twice a week. Like I'll live with that to get Matt Olson's bat in the lineup. So yeah, there's, there's mm-hmm. definitely a, a, a price point where it makes sense for me. Uh, is it one of my top, two or three young players, including Jared Kelnick and, and Logan Gilbert. Probably not. But also, honestly, I wouldn't be super mad if they if they traded, for example, Logan Gilbert for Matt Olson. I'd be like, eh, don't love it, but I understand it. I mean, the dude's really good. Yeah, I think you can't be mad when you add a possible AL MVP candidate, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I would be kind of put off by trading Julio for him, right? Or even Kelnick. But, you know, it, again, you're getting a really good player back, right? You know, we, we have this discussion now about a lot of these trades that the Mariners could potentially make in the future and why, you know, you don't want to have to or you don't want to get caught up in prospect worshiping. You know, you're, you are getting a very you know, good asset in return. You know, you're, you are <laughs> like, you're going to get better. Your major league roster is going to get better by doing it. Um, but so by acquiring Matt Olson, hypothetically, right? Let's say they acquire him this winter and it costs him uh-huh. Julio. Just throwing that out there. I don't think it will, but just put it out there. What you're acquiring with Matt Olson is two years of a 28 year old coming off of a five win season. Um, as a first baseman and keep in mind defense counts towards war and first base defense is notoriously poorly graded. Um, so that's how good the bat is. It's basically a five win bat by himself. Um, and and he's you know, a gold glove caliber defender. <laughs> yeah. And in 2019, by the way, in just 127 games, he was a 4.8 win player. Those are B wars. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the F war is on him, but those are all-stars. So you're trading two years of an all-star that is really safe. Uh, 2020 is the outlier here. Um, who's entering his prime, who you know you're going to get at least you know, plus power and plus defense at first base from. You're getting him for two years. It's going to cost you. you know. And, and if it costs you Julio, right. honestly, that's like, is there a shot that you, know, you regret that trade? Sure, but it's not going to be because oh, yeah. Matt Olson doesn't produce. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's that's the cost of doing business. You want an elite mm-hmm. player, you have to give up an elite. You have to give up elite talent in return. It's it's going to be that way. 
So let me ask you about one more player on the A's, Tony mm-hmm. Kemp. Uh, this is someone that we talked about in our DMs last night, actually, a little bit, uh, because I wanted to talk to talk about him on um, on the Patreon show yesterday, and we and I just didn't get to it. But this is a guy that's having a career year at the plate, solid defender who can you know move around to left field, second base, um, and uh, he's slashing two sixty nine, three seventy four, four oh six this year with a one twenty three WRC plus in Oakland. Um, he's got two years left of club control. Uh, his hat, he's uh, got six home runs, which is not really a part of his game, but that's there. Uh, 20, uh, 29 RBI doesn't steal a ton of bases, even though he's a pretty good runner. Uh, but um, he, the, the big thing with him is he walks a lot and he doesn't really strike out ever. This year, he's walking 13.1% of the time, striking out 14.2% of the time. Last year, which wasn't even that good of an offensive year for him, really, he was walking 13.2% of the time and striking out 12.3% of the time. He was walking more than he struck out. And, and of course, that was just in 114 played appearances, you know, short season, 60-game season. He only appeared in 49 of those. But still, you look at the track record, and the walk numbers are pretty much always high, and the strikeout numbers are always well, well, above average in terms of you know how low they are (laughs) um but he's been you know really good with the plate discipline we know that jerry depoto values plate discipline and and controlling the zone and he's very much been that so even if he does regress a little bit at the plate in terms of you know uh, hitting for average like he has been this year etc and and hitting for power as well this year um, i still think he's a valuable player to have coming off of your bench at least what do you think about going after uh, Tony Kemp and maybe what that would cost? Yeah, it's 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 going to be all about cost because Kemp is 29 years old. Um, he's you have him for two years, so he's going to make some money this year in arbitration. Um, doesn't hit the ball hard, mm-hmm. really. That's not a shtick. Uh, yeah. Still fairly heavy pull guy. Uh, it's not that he won't use the opposite field and go up the middle. It's just you know for a guy who hits the ball as, as softly as he does. I mean, his barrel percentage this year is 0.8%. Um, that's real. That's like the worst in baseball. So, um, you're not gonna get much power there. So it's all about, you know, for a guy who, you know, is kind of a slap hitter, he pulls the ball a lot, uh, 38% of the time. So, mm-hmm. um, his oppo rate is only 20, 19% this year. That's about 6% below league average. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's funny because, you know, I always think of Tony Kemp as like this really like quick guy, 42nd percentile in sprint speed this year. Mm. Last year was 44th percentile 2019. It was 38th percentile. Uh, you have to go all the way back to 2018 to find fast Tony Kemp. And that's, that was 62nd percentile. And even the year before that 44th percentile. So he's actually not that fast. Mm. Um, he's, he's a slap hitter. He doesn't have much, you know, much speed. Uh, this is kind of the first year that he's done it um, consistently. Like he's, I, I think he's a, a pretty nice player. I really do. Off the bench, he makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But you have to be mm-hmm. careful here not to pay, not to pay for, you know, his absolute ceiling, which is what you're doing here. So mm-hmm. anything inside my top fifteen ish, probably not. If we're, if we're talking somebody like no. like Wontane, like that's probably as high as I'm willing to go. Um. Yeah, this guy's going to cost me some money. I mean, 
I'd rather have Luis Arise, but uh, you know how I feel about him. Um, Why not both? I mean, because both don't fit, and Tony Kim stinks. That's right, I said it. Um, wow. <laughs> no, but uh, no, Kemp definitely does some things that that you know Jerry really likes the mm. bright. By the way, the, he's been pretty good against lefties this year as well. Yeah, uh, no, two thirty nine, three seventy five. Uh, you know, slugging obviously pretty low, three thirty eight. But he's got a one one eleven WRC plus, and is walking fourteen percent of the time against lefties. So, yeah, he walks. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. He definitely walks. I just, mm-hmm. I'm concerned that when I look at this batted ball profile and I look at his spray chart, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's enough here to think that he can repeat. You know, the two sixty eight average, For sure. uh, the the on base percentage. Mm-hmm. I can totally buy because, again, he walks a lot. But I don't buy the mm-hmm. slugging this year, which is over 400. And the average, mm-hmm. I'm worried that that might be you know, a 220 type of thing. And his, right. his slugging is going to drop to the low 300s. And then it's like, well, I just sure. I just traded for Deke Orton minus the speed. You know what I mean? So you have to be careful right. there. But at the right price, absolutely. It's a fun player to have. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. A lot of, a lot of fun off-season talk there getting to enjoy the off day for the mariners and probably a much needed off day after the disappointing homestand uh but we will get you ready for tomorrow's series uh starting with the uh with the royals on friday and um you know we'll we'll see what else we get into we'll let you know uh we're also going to be doing a spotify green room here in a little bit so be sure to join us for that keep an eye on our socials for that uh, but uh, thank you so much for, for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.